welcome to Of Dust and Divinity, an ongoing conversation with makers, thinkers, and doers, where we ask big questions of the small things. Being a designer and doing your own design work is kind of like a double-edged sword (laughs) Um, because you have all the skills. So you're like, well, I don't need to pay someone to do it. But also you have all the skills, so you want to keep making it better. (laughs) And you want to keep, like, it's never going to be good enough because you're always looking at it like, how can I improve this and make it better? Because I can do it myself, so it needs to be amazing. Of Dust and Divinity is an ongoing conversation carrying threads from one episode to the next. Like, if the podcast itself were a table in the back corner of your local pub, and each round of guests are like friends gathered at the table in free-flowing conversation. At the table with me today are beautiful souls who I cannot wait for you to meet. Here they are. Hey y'all, my name is Michelle, and I'm a first-generation Asian-American born and raised in Texas. I studied at the University of Texas at Austin, and I'm currently a freelance designer with my own little design studio, The Everly Collective. Overall, I see myself as a curious creative. I was raised Christian, but more recently have been diving deeper into spirituality with things like meditation and chakras. I've always wanted to help people, so if I did have a clone, she would definitely be a therapist, coach, or a psychiatrist. Hey, I'm Kate. I'm an artist and designer. Where I'm from and have lived is pretty complicated, but long story short, I'm from the island of Kauai. I went to school for graphic design but never graduated because I ended up getting a job as a visual designer in Santa Cruz, California, and now I'm primarily an artist and just moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma right before the pandemic. I'm a Christian. I take my faith super seriously, and if I were to clone myself, I'd love to be a lawyer or just have another me to double down on what I'm already doing so I can get my goals done a lot faster. I'm your host, Caben Kramer. I'm a fourth-generation California farmer farming walnuts on fertile concow land along the edge of the Feather River. I'm a husband and father to two awesome kids, identify as a white male, and I'm loving my 30s. Formally, I'm educated as an engineer, though I've never actually practiced engineering as a profession. I identify as a follower of Jesus and find the teachings and lifestyle of Jesus attractive. If I could clone myself and do two occupations, my clone would probably be a cultural anthropologist. Before we get into the conversation, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to Kate and Michelle. A real special shout out to Michelle. She's actually the one who I thank at the end of every episode, and I'm also thanking her at the beginning of this episode, because she is the one who came up with the name of Dustin Divinity. She was uh, my brand designer who helped design, or she didn't help, she did design the cover art, and she came up with the name. After hours of conversation together, she said, you know what? I think this fits. And I totally agree with her. So huge shout out to Michelle. Um, If you're interested at all in any kind of brand or design work, I highly encourage you to check out the Everly Collective on Instagram and on the web. Michelle's amazing. And Kate's podcast is so inspirational. Um, I listen to it consistently because I am always learning wisdom about really how to stay engaged as a creative person in the world. And I'm a farmer, so I'm not traditionally described as someone working in the creative field. But when it's you against nature, 
when it's you putting food on your table, finding solutions that are outside the box, or as we talk about here in this episode, when you're getting into that under layer of wealth and wisdom and creativity and goodness that lies beneath the surface that's not able to be seen, the practical tips that Kate lays out in her podcast about how to access those spaces are useful, whether you're an accountant or a farmer or brand designer. So I highly encourage you to check out the Odd Reform podcast and also check out her amazing products she's got in her store. They're fantastic. So with that, also, this is the end of season one. This episode and next episode, together, this one conversation with Kate and Michelle, that's how we're landing the plane. We're going to wrap it up right here with creative people who are doing amazing things in the world. So thank you so much for listening to season one. Enjoy this episode, and I'm really looking forward to season two. Enjoy. Can you share a little bit about the story that led you into the creative world to begin with? So um, growing up, I've always been told that I'm creative and it kind of, I kind of got placed in the creative box early on. So kind of felt like I had to live up to that description. Um, But growing up, I had a close family friend, this old couple that raised me and um, I call them my grandparents. So my grandfather, he is an artist and I just grew up really enjoying drawing and um, just exercising my creative ideas. And that just kind of snowballed into design work eventually. And I'm a self-taught designer, taught myself Photoshop and things like that in college. And next thing I knew that was my job. I had studied advertising, so I wasn't even um, going to be fully on the design side. It just kind of fell into my lap and it happened. Yeah. And I, I had a similar upbringing where at least in the sense of just being called, like I was just artsy. Mm -hmm. I was terrible at sports. So I think that was like for my parents, the only alternative. Um, (laughs) and I was into music and stuff. And I think it was actually, it's kind of, it was interesting growing up because that was, hard for me in a way because I'm not my mind isn't very artsy and I I don't know how to describe that but like I'm not like I'm very goal-oriented achievement-oriented I love business but I just had like a natural knack for art and so um it was a lot of trying to figure out how to reconcile those two and figuring out if there was even a way and thank the Lord for like everything, like where the world's gone, because I feel like nowadays it's easier than ever to merge those. Um, So that's kind of what, where I went is I I feel like I'm now able to blend the, the practical side of me that loves like goals and achievement and business, but also that creative, what I, you know, the stereotype of what creative and artistic side of me as well. That's so funny because I feel the same way. I'm very type A, very organized, and everything has to have a plan. Um, So people tend to think that creative people are very go with the flow, you know, like no timeline. Like, no, I need everything planned out to T. (laughs) Yes, I I fully understand that. I'm, I'm very similar. Okay, so then I'm curious to hear from you guys. 
How would you define creativity? So I was, I've been thinking a lot about that question. And um, I think that's why I love creativity is because to me, there's kind of two angles to it. There's this side that is the big picture and it's it's what most people would stereotype as creativity. It's ambiguous. It's hard to define. It's maybe like intuition or inspiration, whatever you want to call it. But then there's also this practical side to it and where that's where we can actually use it and figure out ways to harness it better. And so to me, it's like a form of which we've heard this before, but it's a form of problem solving when the problem isn't a black and white problem and the solution isn't necessarily a black and white solution. So I don't know if I don't know how to make more sense of it, but that was kind of how I thought about it of it being this it's solving the solution is so weird. You know, there's not like A plus B equals C. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's still solving something. It's the opposite of being stagnant or autopilot to me. It's very proactive. It's very aware, present, forward focused. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going <laughs> to say it's problem solving. <laughs> it's yes. solving a problem. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I, I also wanted to add that there's this misconception that creativity is synonymous with being like having a unique approach. It has to be completely new, completely done. You have to reinvent the wheel every time to be creative. But I don't I don't think that's the case. Can you can you explain why? I I just would, I like I'm curious. <laughs> um especially nowadays we've been on this earth for so long. Um it's very rare that every every new idea is completely born from nothing. There's we take inspiration from a lot of things and from those inspirations we build something else and I think that that is where creative creativity stems from. Um so I think that a lot of times creatives designers in general like when we're approaching a project we feel like we have to reinvent the wheel every time or else we're not being creative and I feel like Mm. there's the stigma that like oh you can't take inspiration from another designer because that's like you're stealing Um, obviously there is like a line there is a line that you can cross where you are stealing but I think that creative being creative does not mean you have to reinvent the wheel every time. Yes. And and something I like I so agree with you because there's this part where even if you were to like obviously we're not talking about the copying where it's like verbatim exactly mm-hmm. what but if you're taking even a lot of inspiration from something but you're taking in also your specific like background, your talents, your gifts, your personality, mm-hmm. and merging it with all that stuff, no matter what, like you cannot replicate something coming from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like you are going to come out. It's kind of like the irony of it. You end up coming out with something maybe a little unique or a little set apart, like mm-hmm. with your own, because it has your unique spin on it, which exactly. is going to make it separate, which I love. Exactly. And stripping the word creativity down to its very core is the word create. And um, I think that that is our, as human beings, that is like one of our like fundamental purposes of being here is to create, is to make things. And we all have this urge to create, whether um, for Cabin, it's um, being a farmer. For me, I like to weave and like make things with my hands. For someone else, it might be pottery. But at the end of the day, like we're all meant to create something Yes, I 
I also so agree with that. <laughs> so, okay, so Kate, I'm really curious. You went from Kauai to California, now to Oklahoma. Can you just like, was that on purpose or what happened there? Okay, so I, I'm not an army kid or it, everyone always thinks I'm like a military kid and I'm not. So I don't know. It, it's one of those things I've tried to even explain to myself, but it's like fate has had me no matter what it just moves me like I I've moved so many times so I actually grew up in central California till I was 13 and then I moved to Kauai my parents okay, wait where there. in central California Fresno actually oh, okay. well, I, I went to school in Stockton so oh no way yeah my it was funny you were saying um you do walnuts because my great aunt and uncle which we were close with they did raisins mm. and they had a farm there in central california but yeah so then i moved to Kauai. Um, that's where my parents and a lot of my extended family still live then i moved to oregon which i didn't add that part and i went to school there too and then i moved to la and then i moved back to Kauai. and then i moved to oklahoma a few years ago i was in oklahoma city um my long story how i got there and um, I met my husband, and then we moved to Santa Cruz. I worked as a visual designer, and then we decided to move back to Oklahoma because that's where his family's from. They're not from where, like, the exact city I live in, but we're closer to them, and we wanted to be near family, and my family is on a tiny dot in the middle of the ocean, so um, it didn't make sense for us to go there, so. <laughs> okay, so ultimately it wasn't like you were tired of, you know, crazy Californians, like a lot of Californians are becoming, <laughs> and you wanted that more conservative lifestyle of Oklahoma, it was more just like, yeah, that's where family is. Yeah, I I mean, so because I'm just so familiar with the West Coast, it it's, has a hominess to me, like even like all the craziness out there, but um, it was just so expensive. That was one of the reasons we, just, we decided to leave was it was just even just we were in Santa Cruz, which like is just outrageous and it was just un we we weren't we wouldn't be able to afford a home for forever and we're like is this what we want to do mm -hmm. like with yeah. what we want to do with our lives and so it just made more sense to come out here nice so. yeah we, my wife and i have had those pipe dreams of like living on the beach and santa cruz has always <laughs> been one of those places and we're like we could own an 800 square foot house or we could own 60 acres. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Which one do we want? I, for $500,000, you can get a mobile home, like mm -hmm. in yeah. Santa Cruz. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. Like it is for some people. It was just, it's not for me Yeah. <laughs> right now. Who knows? Maybe it'll change. <laughs> oh man, that's great. So how often do you get to go back to Hawaii? Um... I will go back actually for Christmas, which is hopefully, Lord willing, with everything going on. They they have a two-week quarantine right now. So if you fly mm -hmm. into anywhere in Hawaii, you're in your – and they check on you. So it's like a two-week. You have to just stay home and can't mm -hmm. go anywhere. So um, we'll see how that all happens. taking this idea of like creativity is both this big picture idea inspiration then it's also this kind of detailed process of execution can you kind of use your process of creating this podcast 
as a way to kind of walk us through practically what that looked like for you in real time? Sure. Um, (laughs) So I'm just a very impulsive person when it comes to ideas. And I think that oftentimes gets translated into creativity because I just act on it. Um, So the idea is that we started a quarantine and podcasts were spiking more than ever because everyone has a mic attached to their computer. So everyone was starting their own podcast. And I was like, well, why don't I start one as well? And what would be my passion topic? So I've had my own journey with mental health and I've always wanted to help people in one way or another in everything that I do. And that applies to my main job as well. But with the podcast, I thought, well, there's not enough people talking about mental health to begin with. So you can always use another one, another podcast about mental health. But how can I put my own unique spin on it? So um, when it comes to the creative process for me, a lot of it starts with research. And I think that most people don't think that's part of the creative process. You kind of just sit and silence in your brain and your like gears turning and that's just what happens but no a lot of it is analytical actually and um so yeah I took to the web did a lot of research kind of saw what was out there um and being an entrepreneur I thought well there's this stigma with not not stigma but there's this expectation with entrepreneurs that you have to be successful or else you're a failure it's black mm. and white, but that's not the case. Mm, um, yeah. I, I really don't believe that. Um, I believe the journey is a huge part um, of the story as well. And um, I wanted to give people a platform to share their experiences and share how they reached what they define as success, not what society calls success, um, and share their mental health journey along the way as well, because that is a huge part of the story. And a lot of people kind of brush it under the rug um, because it's a sign of weakness and being an entrepreneur it's all about go 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 success big dollars um, money signs but I just really wanted to expose this this whole other side um, especially in the Asian American community because Mm -hmm. in our culture um, emotions can be seen as weakness in many ways so um, and we're very prideful people we can be Um, so a lot of it is hush hush. So I really wanted to, um, kind of take that stigma away, especially in that community. Um, but going back to the creative process, um, a lot of research was done. And then when it comes to designing your podcast cover, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) There's a lot of, um, color psychology that goes into it. What catches people's eye? Um, what's bold, what's legible, what's, um, a good contrast ratio when it comes to color, making sure that um, people with uh, visual disabilities can still um, read your, your cover. Um, There's a lot of things that go into it that I could probably go on for a while, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think at the core, at the the very first step is research. And then from there um, brainstorming what, what people often think is the main part of the process and um and then execution Hmm. when when you were designing your own 
podcast, right? So it's one thing when you're designing a podcast for a client, like when you were designing mm -hmm. the, the cover art for this podcast, there was some back and forth where, you know, you did something amazing and I had some input on it and you did something else amazing and I had more input on it. But when you're designing it for yourself, <laughs> what does that feedback loop look like? Oh man. So I'll pull in another example here, but being a designer and doing your own design work is kind of like a double-edged sword <laughs> um, because you have all the skills. So you're like, well, I don't need to pay someone to do it. But also you have all the skills. So you want to keep making it better <laughs> and you want to keep mm. like, it's never going to be good enough because you're always looking at it. Like, how can I improve this and make it better? Cause I can do it myself. So it needs to be amazing. <laughs> um, so, so how did you decide to leave well enough alone? Um, Honestly, I just didn't have the time to focus on it because it's not my main source of income. In fact, it's just a passion project. I don't get any income from my podcast. Um, so the reason why I pulled in my my uh, main job is because I actually rebranded myself only less than two months in because, well, for one, my company, my business was growing faster than I had anticipated. And second, kind of what I just described. I was like, this is not good enough. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I, I can't do this to everything. You just have to like stick with it, what you've done. And like it, good enough sometimes is good enough. So <laughs> yeah. And that the Everly Collective is just an absolutely stunning website. Thank um, you. Yeah. And that's great to hear that your business is growing. That's a great reason to pivot your model. Thank you <laughs> so much. Of what happens to so many of us of like crickets in the room and yeah. you get tired of befriending all the little crickets and you say, okay, all right, I'll pivot. <laughs> yeah. If there's any time that's taught us to pivot, it's the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. I mean, so many businesses had to um, change direction, pivot, start making face masks and just completely change their business model just to adapt. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot we can learn out of what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Kate, with odd reform, it looks like you've got a lot going on. So let me ask this first. Is is odd reform your full time gig? Um, no, that okay. is actually a passion project for myself as well. And the podcast is um, my so I I am an artist and I sell right now. I usually I did visual design and I actually with the pandemic my all my jobs pretty much I was working for a company and it kind of got postponed indefinitely um so I'm just a full-time artist and I sell my work on Etsy and wholesale and that sort of stuff I was on I was on the auto reform website and I noticed that like you've got a store coming and so is that something that you're really hoping to grow during this time or do you do you just like having it as a side gig and you'd rather just like have a more steady job with a more predictable income? Um, well, so it's kind of funny how it all worked out. So my goal was to, yes, the store is going to come and I've just, it was just with everything that's been happening, I got a little, um, behind schedule, but for me, like, I'm not good at just like honing in on one little thing and like sticking with it. Like I need a big picture direction purpose and then I can like focus in on the details so for me odd reform is like a great way to highlight like amazing creatives and artists out there get them known and seen and then also I can like 
dabble in the stuff I still want to dabble with, do the things I'm still doing, but kind of under that umbrella. But right now it's kind of in that interim awkward phase where it's hard to tell which one, you know, what's what. <laughs> um, <laughs> but eventually, yeah, I, I will create the store and I'm, I'm in the process of like, finding creatives and like working with people to see like how we can sell on the store because I want to make it maybe I'm looking into non-traditional store ways Mm. to do things yeah yeah you know as you were talking it it made me think of something that I struggle with when people will ask me questions about you know what what I do in the farm and so I just want to be really clear that you guys are both super creative people and I'm just a farmer (laughs) but there are times like I have a vision for what I want this farm to be and it's not a traditional or I should say it's it's not a chemical based farm right it's not a agribusiness I have a vision for a farm but there's a sense of like I'm I'm in in some ways I'm always a little bit living in the future like I'm always a little bit living in what I want to be real next year or five years from now or 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. So when people ask me questions, I have this tension of like, I want to lay out this vision, this beautiful vision of what the farm is, even though the farm isn't yet. And like, I wrestle with, okay, am I lying? Am I deceiving people? (laughs) Am I just like puffing myself up to make myself look like I'm more than I am? Or am I really breathing life into this vision and stepping into the truth of the vision and bringing it into reality even as I speak. So as creative people who are building your own brand and businesses, how do you guys relate to that? Oh, oh, you go, but yes. I I was just going to say it's manifestation, what you're, what you're doing there. That's how you, that's how you manifest your ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And it is a fine balance, I think, but yeah, keep going. What were you going to say? No, I, I, I agree, but yeah, keep, keep going on the balance because it is this tension for me and I, I don't quite know where I sit with it. I've so. definitely, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's, I feel the exact same way because especially like right now, there's actually like a little bit, like there's not much, but there's a little bit where people are getting the idea. But before I had, I mean, there was months, like half a year where I didn't have a website. I, I daily, I was getting people like, what? is this like what are you doing like and I and I was like I'm such a fraud like I'm spending 90% of my life like on top of working trying to get this thing up and I like but it it's it's what I'm spending most of my time with but it's all an idea you know and so it felt weird telling people but I think but then because I've also seen people hype ideas and do the opposite where they kind of inflate themselves you know and I that's my nightmare right and and that gets all the press too right you obviously the big one is like the fire festival right that's like the epitome (laughs) example of it yeah yes and that yeah and I I want to steer clear of that but I also don't want a pendulum swing to where you know I'm self-deprecating and like you know I do nothing um so I yeah I think that's why I think it's a balance of I think if you're in check with yourself knowing, you know, I, I'm trying to be from a place of humility. I also want to be honest. Um, but I also want to like convey, you know, this isn't just it. Cause mm-hmm. that, that's also hard when I'm like, Oh, this is the only thing I'm doing. You know, like, no, 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 there's more coming. I promise. <laughs> oh man. I feel that. so deep. <laughs> M- Michelle, how, how do you sit with that tension or do you not experience that tension? Yeah, I definitely do. But also, like I said, I'm very 
impulsive. So when I have an idea, I'll just run with it. So I've actually had um, a couple other businesses before. <laughs> um, I actually have had an Etsy shop and I've had an online shop on its own website. Um, I kind of just, if I have an idea, I have to execute and I have to see it through and see like what potential it has. Um, but I do agree with what you guys were saying about like when you're at the start, when you've just started, there's not much to show. So how else do you tell people what you're doing than describe your grand vision? Um, so it's definitely uncomfortable and, um, being Asian American and being Christian, we're taught humility, like Kate said, um, we're taught to be humble in many ways. So it's, it's really hard. Actually, that mindset was kind of what hurt me in corporate America when in certain ways you have to brag to get a promotion. <laughs> um, I don't want to go yeah, too off topic, sure. but no, yeah, we, you we definitely have, <laughs> you have to brag in certain ways. And I just didn't know how to play that like politics game, like company politics. Um, so it kind of translates over to when you have your own business as well and you're trying to sell your services and sell um, what you do or sell your art. Mm -hmm. um, being able to convey that message of what you're creating there without making yourself too uncomfortable and um, not being authentic to yourself, if that makes mm -hmm. any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, when people are like, you know, when, when people say, oh, man, it's so hard to negotiate for a pay raise for this promotion, whatever. I'm like, man, have you ever tried just selling yourself and your own services to like the great wild <laughs> unknown? <laughs> like at least in a corporate world, it's a little bit contained. And so like, yeah, that that corporate yeah. sense of like having to promote yourself is to me only amplified when you're yeah. uh, when you're mm -hmm. your own business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the corporate world is it's kind of like education. The majority of it is designed for like a certain personality type. Mm -hmm. And so then it can just feel unnatural for even me. I feel like like maybe the achievement part I am, but I'm so blunt that I can be, I'm like, oh my gosh, Kate, like hold your tongue, girl. <laughs> like you don't need to say everything you think. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like there's certain people who can like, you know, play the game and do all the, all the, stuff that goes on there but not that every corporate environment is the same but right i think the stereotype of it is definitely it can be force you in a box that doesn't make you thrive as a mm -hmm. human okay so michelle i'm curious to hear more about this idea you you said like when you have an idea you just feel compelled to execute that idea where does that come from like <laughs> um you know i haven't really thought about it where it comes from it's just I'm an only child and I spent most of my time alone growing up. So I think I just had a lot of opportunity to explore my imagination and my ideas. I think I kind of had to, to keep myself sane because <laughs> mm, <laughs> um, there's yeah. nothing else to do. So um, that kind of stems from creating again, like making. Um, so a lot of my creativity does come from there. Um, but yeah, I, I think part of it maybe ev even is fueled by 
the anticipation and anxiety of not knowing mm. <laughs> what what it could be. So I'd rather see it through than have to wonder. Um, so I've had like an Etsy sticker shop. I had an online e-commerce store selling um, photopolymer stamps for crafting. Mm. Um, I sold woven like wool tapestries for a while. Um, all in the very crafty, I like to say, like, I'm someone's grandmother reincarnated. <laughs> um, all very, like, grandma hobbies, but... <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think knowing is better than not knowing for me. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of what pushes me to see my ideas through. And... So, and then Kate, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. So in your bio, you talked about your faith and how you take it seriously. And the creative industry in general doesn't really strike me as a sphere that really celebrates devout um, religious spirituality things. So what what does it look like for you to take your faith seriously in the creative space? Oh my goodness. Um, another question that is like existential for me. Um, <laughs> that's been honestly probably the hardest thing, especially lately, um, to reconcile, I feel like. And especially because I'm an artist, I paint moons. Like, I instantly get categor- categorized into a very um, particular type of person that I am, I'm not, um, which there's nothing, you know, like every person's their own person. But for me, I like, I tend to be, you know, I'm pretty conservative, like in most of like my views, like quote religiously or like politically, whatever that is. And which is very, it's been really hard to reconcile with because Mm. I don't see a lot of it. And I feel, and I'm also, it's like a little bit terrifying because I don't know. I'm like, when do I say stuff? When do I don't say stuff? Like, most people have contrary views as I have. So I'm I'm learning like when to, when it's not my time to say something, you know, and when it is my time to say something. And again, that balance. And, and that's kind of why I like, like I started my podcast as well is because I think um, a lot of the stuff that I saw on creativity specifically was in a realm that you had to be a type, a certain type of person to kind of see it that way versus I think there's a part of creativity that you can see as a Christian and you can see it even as like from a business kind of even sciencey side of things. Like I think there's more perspectives than one way it gets highlighted, but to circle back, it's, it's just, it's difficult. I think, um, I'm constantly having to just make sure I'm – I don't think I've found the finite answer to that question. I think I'm in the midst of how do I reconcile those things. Mm-hmm. Such a good place to be too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious when I, – because I love that you said you paint moons, right? So <laughs> I, I imagine that could go two ways that can be hard. One could be people who are similarly conservative to you could put you in a box of, Mm -hmm. I don't know, being some kind of a hippie or something that you don't identify with. The other could be that people who are into crystals and 
um, you know, other forms of spirituality could see you as someone kind of in their camp and begin to talk to you as though you believe the same way they do. And yes, you're like, that. wait, when do I tell them I don't? So Well, and that happens a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which I did not even think about happening when I started doing it. I was just like, I love moons. I love flowers. Like, I love all forms of nature. And then that started happening. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I we're not on the same page. <laughs> not that I have, like, again, it's not like I'm, I never, to me, I'm like, gosh, I want to, ex- I, w- I, I want to hope that they'll extend me the same courtesy to me. And I actually have, there was a brand that wanted to work with me and it was like a box sort of thing. And they sent me one and it was great, but then they want to send me another one. And it was just like full of stuff that I like don't personally participate with. And mm. I had to tell them, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like it just, I doesn't go parallel with my belief system. I'm so, and they were actually like, so awesome about it and really like really respectful so um I think a lot of it is in my head Mm. like I think people are way you know there's a few crazies that are mean but I feel like for the most part people are really like respectful if you're respectful you know yeah Yeah, it's interesting I I experience it kind of the the other way around in that I'm a straight cis white male I happen to have a shaved head and I'm rather broad set. So, and I'm a Mm -hmm. farmer in a really rural conservative part of California. Mm -hmm. So when I walk into the room, people will start talking to me as though I identify with their beliefs. And I, I Mm. experienced the same thing like, Oh man, we are, we are not tracking, but okay. I want to maintain like politeness and respect and relationship Mm -hmm. here. Um, but I also don't want to lose myself. I want to still be me. Yeah. Yes. And so how do I how do I do that? How do I be yes. this person that gets categorized one way and yeah, yet so interesting. find a home, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, that's it's I mean, it's exactly the same thing. It's it's it is hard. Yeah, and I think again it's like that balance and I think it'll just be a constant thing that which is good. Like you were saying like I love that you said like, wow, it's that's a good place to be because it is because you're constantly like self-checking to make sure you're in that right, like in the right space. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining in this ongoing conversation as we seek to unearth meaning in the everyday stuff of life. For show notes or to connect with this community of seekers, visit us online at www.ofdustanddivinity.com. Join our Facebook group, which is called Of Dust and Divinity Podcast Community, and engage us on Instagram, at of dust and divinity, all one word. Hey, and if this conversation was meaningful to you, like it was meaningful to me, leave a rating and a review on your favorite streaming platform so that more people just like us can discover this podcast and join the conversation themselves. And don't forget to subscribe. Here is a sneak peek of the next episode. Enjoy. Like, because I just got thrown in, like, my boss just had me start doing, like, very advanced things. It it almost, like, desensitized me to that feeling a little bit, which was good. Um, And then, you know, I felt more comfortable, but with the podcast, oh my goodness, that, I, that was a whole new level of, I think because with design, like, for me, I was able to do my work 
you know, have it reviewed by my colleagues and then show it to the client. You know, there's so many processes before they see it versus podcasting was, I have no idea what I'm doing. And all, by the way, like everyone gets to listen to me. A huge thank you to my wife for supporting this passion project. And a great big thank you to Michelle Lim of the Everly Collective for all the brand content, including the name of this podcast and the cover art. As you go through your day, remember these words of Rainer Maria Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart, and try to love the questions themselves. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you, for you would not be able to live them. And the point is, to live everything. Live the questions now.